0: Welcome to DeFi by Design, where we talk all things blockchain and cryptocurrency while striving to educate, empower, and enrich.
1: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to DeFi by Design on the roll-up. We are here with a special guest, Chow Wang, who is joining us for the first time since DeFi Summer 2020. GM, man, how how are you? How you been? GM, good to see you again, Robbie. Likewise. I mean, dude, so much has happened. Like... Like before we just kind of like dive into what's new and exciting now, like kind of like get us caught up on like what would have been the highlights since 2020 that, that like you can recall in like this kind of like speed run from, from DeFi summer up until now, like how's your bear market?
0: Uh, you know, the, I think the biggest thing that, that changed since DeFi summer was that DeFi summer by definition was just DeFi, but these days. There's like twenty different narratives and there's there's no way for you to keep up with everything, right? There's like modular versus monolithic, there's d pen, there's NFTs. and NFTs really emerged uh in at the peak of the last bull market. Uh there's even D side, decentralized science, right? Uh AI is a is getting a huge narrative right now. Um, yeah, so with BitTensor, Tensor, all these AI coins p- pumping. So it's, for me right now, it's impossible to keep up with everything. Um, that's the biggest change.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that been the thing. And we even, we even saw that going from DeFi Slate to the roll-up. The idea there was to incorporate infrastructure more in, into the content that we were producing. And, um, and now we're kind of like back. Like the users are back. We're so back. Like everything is just, it just seems like, you know, there's a lot going on again. And it, it goes from like, you know, almost kind of like boring, like in the slow times and like you're you're, you know, really hungry for like that new thing that's gonna be like really killer, all of a sudden to like not being able to keep up with everything that's going on. So like you mentioned a few things there. Um, I mean, AI is certainly exciting, like Vitalik launched a paper last maybe a couple of days ago. Not sure if you had a chance to read that, but like what's been your thesis as you see kind of like this this unbundling effect, right? Monolithic is becoming modular, and all parts of the stack things are becoming unbundled and like more specialized. What's your thesis when it comes to that? As far as like the maybe the value accrual thesis of how value accrues to these different parts of the stack?
0: Um, Long term value accrual, I don't know. Medium to short term, it's always mindshare. That that's the that's the seventy IQ in me. thinks about uh, about value accrual. In the short term, it's really like whoever has the greatest cult, mm-hmm. strongest mind share uh, that accrues the most value. Actually, Ansem the other day. So, you know Ansem, right? The, the new main character of CT. Of course. Um, Wanna meme God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he uh, posted a, a poll asking the, his audience uh, which part of the stack would accrue the most value. And uh the options were layer twos, uh the DA layer, the settlement layer, and uh I forgot there was something else. Um the the execution layer is basically the rollups, right? Like OP, ARB, Polygon, etc. The settlement layer or the consensus layer is the uh is generally the layer one Ethereum. And then the DA layer is like Celestia, you can DA, et cetera. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Ethereum is currently also being used as DA for most rollups. So then the question is, which, which one of these stacks, parts of the stack will accrue the most value? I mean, like everyone has pretty smart answers, like in the comments, I was like, you know, I I don't believe in any of those things. It's just wherever everyone is shilling, (laughs) again, (laughs) accrues the most value, um, at least that's what i think in the short to medium term uh over the course of let's say one to two years
1: makes sense yeah it's, it, it's cool to hear like despite how fast crypto moves short to medium term is still a year-long time horizon mm-hmm. uh and that that i mean that gives perspective as to like 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 the the longer term high horizon is then is then on a scale of like decades which i think is a prudent investment approach um you know, we all live for like a matter of decades. So like you, you'd like to think so. So make, make sense from, uh, from the time horizon perspective. And yeah, I, I also saw the Ansem tweet, uh, did some thinking about that. And yeah, without getting like too, too like deep in it, I, I think in the long, again, in the short run, I totally agree in the long run. I tend to think it's users. Like I tend to think that like while we get squeezed back to the users who end up create like not end up they begin to create this value kind of goes through this whole loop and ultimately ends back at the users i mean we'll see if that plays out ultimately the users are going to like kind of like get we're going to be paying something for their services it's going to get spread out to like all the tools that they use to fulfill their their orders and and kind of like execute on their on their ideas but yeah very very interesting to see like in this modular landscape it's no longer like the fat application thesis or the fat protocol thesis. Now, mon- modular landscape kind of blows that all up, and value kind of like just goes to everything that's like a, like accruing mindshare in the in the in the moment, as, as you say. So like, what is what is accruing? You know, when you kind of like go to sleep at night, what's keeping you up? Like, what's what's living rent free in your mind? Uh, I don't really. I don't really worry
0: that much about the tokens that I hold or the the short term price action. I know it's cliche to say, but there isn't much you can do. I mean, after after ten years in crypto, I just realize I have no edge in the short term, so I don't I don't really think about those things. Um, I run an accelerator, uh, the leading accelerator in crypto. Uh, it's called Alliance Style, and uh, what keeps me up at night is just making sure that my founders are successful, building something that people want. Uh, get to product market
1: fit and, and growing yeah I mean I, I'd love to just give you a platform to just like talk about your founders and kind of like the the domains that you you find compelling uh that are maybe at product market fit or close to it yeah I mean there there's really uh two ends of the barbell um
0: the on the one end of the barbell is pure speculation which by the way a lot of uh you know VCS and you know, philosophers living in their ivory tower, um, really down down upon. Um, But it is the thing that obviously crypto has found product market fit. Uh, So that's the, the, I can not expand on it more, but that's, that's the one end, uh, one end of the barbell. The other end of the barbell is uh, something totally non-speculative, which is for example, using stable coin for payment. Payment is, is huge. Um, people don't really talk about this on crypto Twitter because it's boring, it's not sexy, you don't make money out of it. But if you look at the data, uh, USDT on Tron is extremely, extremely compelling. The the data is really compelling. Um, And anecdotally, if you talk to people uh, around the world, especially in emerging markets, uh, people use Tron USDT in their day-to-day. They use it as a store of value to hedge against their local currency. And they use it as a, as a form of payment, especially in cross-border payment, uh, because when you make cross-border payment in, in stable coin, you don't incur the same kind of, uh, friction, uh, that the traditional fiat rails have. Um, so it's really the two, two, two ends of the barbell. I can, I can dive a little bit more into speculation because I, I think that's what people care about, but you know, we've, um, There, there, there's many great startups coming out of Alliance. Uh, Tensor, for example, is the leading NFT marketplace on Solana. Uh, originally there were like two guys, uh, fighting in the pill battle against uh, Magic Eden. That's a really great story. Magic Eden raised like hundred million dollars with like 200, uh, person staff. Tensor is two guys, uh, working out of their dorm and, um, you know, they raised like very little money. Uh, ultimately, just by staying really focused and nimble, uh, they beat Magic Enum. They became number one on Solana, and actually number one in all of crypto now. Very, uh, probably very close, similar to Blur. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would expect maybe a year from now, Solana NFT trading should surpass Ethereum in trading volume. Just What's because the
1: fees. oh, because trading fees. Yeah, maybe could expand a little bit on like your your Solana Solana NFT thesis.
0: Yeah, it's more uh, a thesis about Solana than NFT per se. Um, uh, But but let me preface by saying I am bullish on both the modular uh, Ethereum architecture and the Solana monolithic architecture. But in the short term, when it comes to speculation, speculative products, uh, I think within the next year or so, I expect Solana to surpass Ethereum in terms of volume. Okay. So that's very important. It's volume, trading volume, not necessarily price. So if you look at the the price of NFT collections, you know, I don't, I don't expect MATLABs to, uh, surpass, uh, PUNKs for example. So MATLAB is, is the blue chip on Solana, PUNK is the blue chip on Ethereum. But I do expect the trading volume of Solana NFTs to surpass the trading volume of Ethereum NFTs. And uh, there's a very simple reason which is that it's much cheaper to, trace, to trade on Solana. It's two orders of magnitude to trade on Solana. I'm, I'm not talking about Ethereum layer 1. I'm talking about Ethereum layer 2s. Uh, Solana today is one to two orders of magnitude cheaper than Ethereum layer 2s when it comes to uh, gas fees. So this applies to NFTs, but also fungible tokens. Right? So it, like, I don't know if you use Screener. I'm, I'm sure a lot of the DJs that listen to our pod use... Um, screener if you open deck screener today uh and if you if you look at the top uh let's say 100 uh coins uh trending coins on that screener um i mean basically half of it is is solana coins and, and it's it's really simple why why that is the case is because solana is cheaper to trade um yeah, so I think that's what's going to happen. And so as a result, the, the um as a result of this, I think the NFT marketplaces and the fungible token DEXs on Solana, in my mind, will accrue more value than Ethereum, their Ethereum counterparts, about a year or two from now.
1: Here's Dex Screener on the screen and it is just filled up with Solana.
0: Yeah, like uh, Pandora. Oh, Pandora is interesting. Uh I don't know if you followed Pandora. I haven't I haven't followed very closely, but it's this new uh fungible, non-fungible mix. Uh but yeah, anyway, uh back to the original point. It's mm-hmm. filled with Salada logos, right? It's all yeah. these are Salada
1: uh coins. Yeah. And you'll notice even even something like Pandora, which I'm not super familiar with, but I'd love to I'd love to learn more about. Like Pandora on Solana is outpacing Pandora on E. Exactly.
0: And that that's that's what's uh that, that's the whole thing um
1: behind behind my thesis. Mm-hmm. And I think uh this latest meme coin season sponsored by Ansem... uh is really <laughs> like an inside look. <laughs> <laughs> it's really like an inside look into uh what's what's to come and, and you know the fact that meme coins on solana are trending and like you know the, my summer the last time we talked was on ethereum now it's not on ethereum now it's on solana like that signals the trend right for not only fungible tokens but also non-fungibles um and speculation in general i think is is was kind of like the opening of this so that makes a lot of sense and i think that's an important distinction you made that it's not only cheaper compared to re- layer one it's obviously much much cheaper compared to le- layer one um, it's also orders of magnitude, um, cheaper in gas fees than ethereum layer twos. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, but let me, let me, uh, let me give you the other side
0: of the argument, because uh, mm-hmm. I've been, um, accused, uh, to, to be a Solana shill, Solana maxi, even though in reality I am not, I am massively bullish on the, uh, modular architecture. Uh, led by Ethereum and to some extent Cosmos. So let me give you the other side of the argument. Um, so you might know Manta and Avo. So Manta is this new uh, layer two on top of Ethereum that got $1.5 billion in TVL recently. And uh, Manta's architecture is very interesting. Uh, it's not a roll up per se, it's what they call a Velidium. So what that means is. Um, it is it has a layer 2 on top of Ethereum as the execution layer. It uses Ethereum layer 1 as the settlement layer and it uses Celestia as the DA layer. So the, that that's that's the definition of a of a Validium basically. The difference between of Validium and a rollup is that they use a separate DA. The Validium uses as a separate DA as opposed to Ethereum as the DA. And the result of this is they're able to reduce gas fees on Manta by close to two orders of magnitude. Yeah. And so, uh, compared to rollups, mm-hmm. not, not even compared to the, it's it's two orders of magnitude cheaper than, than a rollup. And so, um, but, but even then in terms of gas cost uh, that kind of setup is similar to Solano. However, I would argue that in terms of security, it's worse than Solana because, uh, it is not using Ethereum, uh, as, as the DA is using a new, uh, DA layer like Celestia, which is obviously much less battle tested. Um, so in that regard, it's inferior to Solana, but, but, and this is where, um, the, the, the bullish argument about, um, Uh, modular architecture counterintuitively lies, which is that even if this thing is arguably is inferior to Solana, there is Ethereum devs that want to do this. And the question is why? Um, And the answer to that is uh, a combination of two things. One, uh, this architecture is good enough for them. Uh, It's good enough for their requirement in terms of fees uh, and security. They're okay with it. They're okay with the gas fee. And they're okay with, they're happy with the gas fee and they're okay with the security. And the second part of the argument is there is actually a ton of developers that regardless of the technology, they, are, they want to be Ethereum aligned. And they want to be Ethereum aligned for pragmatic reasons, not for ideological reasons. The pragmatic reason is they get the users, they get the Ethereum users and they, they get the, the, the Ethereum community to, to back them that, that's that's really important for them. And and this is one of my my recent like on a broader point, this is one of my uh, one of the things that I realized recently, just anecdotally of talking to developers, which is that if you're new if you're a if you are a developer new to this space, oftentimes and then you're you're in the process of choosing which chain to build on top of, oftentimes the most important factor in your decision is not the tech, it's the interpersonal affinity. If you feel more affinity towards the Solana crowd, you will use Solana. If you feel more affinity towards Vitalik, you will use Ethereum. If your friends are building on top of one versus the other, you will go for that chain versus the other. So the, the, the personal affinity actually matters a lot. And this is what's fundamentally um, makes me think that both the monolithic architecture and the modular architecture are here to stay in the next one to two years beyond two years I have no
1: idea but next two years both are here to stay very very interesting yeah we did a uh, a conversation with Julian from Avo um and he was he was speaking about the reduction in gas fees millions of dollars per year that the protocol is saving in in gas fees from using Celestia da um the alternative da to to the Layer one saves millions of dollars per year, and that that savings get passed back to the users. Now, I think that's extra justification for the value accrual layer back to the users, but um, that's my own bias. Um, users will always um, get benefited uh,
0: more and more over time because the tech gets better and things get cheaper,
1: scale gets gets higher.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you don't have you don't have many many perspectives out there and i think it's it is an affinity uh orientation like you don't have you don't have very many perspectives out there that create a scenario for both monolithic and modular architectures you, the, the camps out there are choosing one or the other they don't really have much mind space for both right so so i think that's a that's a very unique perspective and it it makes sense let me try to articulate the argument see if i get it right here is that the the monolithic architecture saves magnitudes of gas fees while also creating a more secure environment than a modular one what the modular architecture creates this alignment and and allows developers to embrace their affinity for a certain communities yeah look look history is highly path dependent if
0: solana was born before Ethereum, right? I think uh, Solana would be the de facto winner. But the fact that Solana was born four to five, maybe six years after Ethereum, um, means that there's now uh, room for both. Like for me, Solana tech is better than Ethereum period. But the fact that Ethereum is the front runner, is the first mover, and actually has real uh, network effect,
1: means that it is also here to stay. Let's take a quick side quest on this path, which is that, like, doesn't really get talked about very much, but Sam, Bankman, Freed played a very important role in the development of Solana. And as you say, I think I I tend to agree, history is very path dependent. Are we now, like, totally past the era of his involvement? We'll, We'll- his involvement have any lasting effects on this path for Solana? No, no. Look, we're
0: we're past we're certainly past the involvement of uh, of FTX. And in fact, a year ago when FTX collapsed, uh, November 2022, uh, almost everyone got their Solana because they thought that the, the collapse of FTX would lead to the collapse of Solana. Uh, I, I made a very simple counter argument, which is that. If FTX is indeed a bad player, which in hindsight it is, um, then getting rid of this bad player is actually net positive for Solana. For Solana, and I think a year later, uh, that has been proven right. So we're certainly past that. Solana has now a uh, a very organic and and strong community of developers. Uh, Probably number one after uh, you know number three, number three most active developer community after Ethereum and Polygon. Um, but, but now Solana actually has a, another really big supporter. Uh, I think people are not really talking about it, and that's Jump. Uh, Jump is actually playing a really interesting role in Solana right now by building Fire Dancer. So for, for those who don't know, FireDancer is one of the upcoming high-profile clients that... Uh, 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 jump is building for solana solana right now has uh, one client uh, and and by the way that's uh the reason why it went down last last or earlier this week it went down right again <laughs> after like 12 months of, of uh, uptime but um the the reason for that was because of the client bug and because solana only has one client the whole network um went down uh, which by the way is is uh the thing that will not happen in Ethereum because because Ethereum has uh, multiple clients, but uh, Solana people have realized this problem for a while. They're building multiple clients now. Uh, Fire Dancer is one of them. It's being built by Jump. Jump is one of the uh, best high frequency trading companies in the world. Um, and the reason why this is such a big deal for Solana is because Jump has one of the best high throughput. High-performance engineering, engineering teams in the world, because their entire trading business depends on it, and the fact that they're built either helping Solana, I think, really is a big deal. Um, I've heard numbers ranging from 2x to 10x performance improvement. Uh, performance improvement from the current um, Solana client uh, upgrading to to FireDancer. Um, so it's a big deal.
1: Very, very cool. Welcome, uh, modular to the
2: uh, the stage here. GM, the guy that I share all my thesis with on Twitter. All I see is Chow's tweet, and I'm like, dude, is this guy reading all my stuff from over Or am I might just read all of his stuff. <laughs> what would I be a serve, boys?
1: Yeah, so uh, a little bit of uh Ethereum modularity, a little bit of uh Solana mono- monolithicism, and uh arguments for both. Um bullishness from both. And a little bit of a little bit of a side quest with Sam and his involvement, but I think we're past that. Now now, more importantly, is jump's involvement in Solana and why that's a big deal. Um and you know, like Chow, you, you kind of mentioned like, you know, why running only one client was a, uh, was a problem. I think that's like the word that we hear all the time, which is centralization. And now with, is, is the idea that Jump is going to add another client or are they just going to now just upgrade the current client to a better one? They're, they're building a second client. So Fire Dancer is a, is a separate
0: client from the current uh, Solana client. And that one apparently will help improve performance by a factor of 2 to 10. I've heard, like, all sorts of numbers. I don't know what the... I mean, I don't think anyone knows yet. Fire Dancer is probably still a year away, maybe, from going live.
1: Uh, but yeah, it's a second client. Yeah. Okay. So, hopefully that that uh, not only improves the throughput performance, but also, like, the redundancy, so that if one client does have a bug, um, it won't go down, right? It won't break. It'll It'll continue to run old, it'll continue to run That's so,
2: well yeah yeah for like it went down again i i was shocked i thought it was i thought solana i, I don't know why in my head i thought it, like it was past those days yeah i was like happening?" Um,
0: happened you, know, nope. you, you know what's funny uh both uh ethereum maxis and solana maxis predicted uh this happening uh so in January, I think the Bankless guys put out a, a prediction for 2024 and they predicted that Solana was going down. Uh but also uh Mert, uh the the, the Solana guy, Mert. Oh my well, gosh. Also guy. also predicted that Solana was going down. Uh that's really funny.
2: Was there like I don't know if you guys touched on this, but it didn't happen during the Jupiter drop. It just happened like it was some random morning. It was sur- that for some reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, it's a client bug, not a network bu- bug. Um, no. uh, the Jupiter drop was really bullish for Solana. I mean, I think, uh, some people did experience, uh, uh degradation in performance. Like they tried to claim the drop and, you know, it, 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 wouldn't work for some people, but overall, uh, the fact that the network didn't go down was pretty bullish
2: taking a quick commercial break here to tell you guys about our lovely sponsors right before we get back to this fascinating discussion we have a message from our current sponsors here we go i want to take a moment to introduce you to our sponsor premia finance premia is a native options protocol that offers market-driven pricing and capital efficient returns for traders and liquidity providers with premium you can trade options on a variety of different crypto assets what sets Premium apart is its unique pricing mechanism, which is based on the market's expectation of future volatility. This means that options prices are always in line with market conditions, which provides traders with the most fair and transparent pricing. Recently, Premium has just launched their Options Academy, where you can learn for free how to become a proficient options trader. Feel free to check it out at premia.finance, hedge your risks, or amplify your positions um, to earn more capital efficient returns on Premia Finance. Thank you. And another exciting sponsor to introduce you is Plan of Finance. I've recently been onboarded as an advisor for Plan of Finance, which is one of the first self-custodial wallets to support account abstraction. With Plan of Finance, you can revolutionize your crypto experience and take control of your assets like never before. Say goodbye to the hassle of managing multiple wallets. Hello to a seamless user-friendly experience. Plata Finance allows you to easily manage your assets, swap tokens, and earn rewards all in one place on your mobile phone. They have an app in the Apple App Store as well as in the Google Play Store. Uh, with of Finance's self-custodial wallet, you hold the keys to your assets, ensuring the highest level of security and privacy. With tons of cool features like gasless trading, um, interesting yield competitions, and cool NFTs, there's an amazing amount of effort going into building this app. That already has tens of thousands of users. So what are you waiting for? Download Plenty Finance today and experience the future of crypto wallets. Yeah, I think I saw something that the, the founder just put a massive uh, buy wall of like seventy five million on off of token or something because there was quite a bit of thought with regards to the token taking two hundred million out of the ecosystem. But that worked very bullish. I put up this tweet that was like, I think the only way that Ethereum land competes with Seth and Solana and paralyzed high throughput L1s is basically through like alternative DMs and alternative DA layers. I'm curious, like, look, is there any world where rollups compete with Solana? Like, how do we, how does Ethereum... Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought about this. In, in the
0: next one or two years, in, in the next one or two years, in, in or two years ro- rollups can compete just by... Uh, they, they can compete if the rollup also uses uh, a dedicated DA. Uh, that's not that's not Ethereum layer 1. Uh, I think a, a number of uh, rollup teams are actually building their own DA. But in the meantime, the, the app chain rollups can use Celestia as DA as well. So you guys talk to AVAL. AVAL is doing that. For example, AVAL and Manta, they're both doing it. By the way, AVAL and Manta are slightly different because Manta is a... Is, uh, is uh is is of uh, the and uh avo is the uh, optimum so that's the distinction between using zk proofs versus uh, uh optimistic uh, fraud proofs um but anyway uh, i'm digressing uh rollups can compete in the short term in the next one or two years by just by offering uh similar fees by leveraging the separate da uh i think security is worse than solana but that's okay. Uh, Ethereum devs, some of the Ethereum devs will always choose to be Ethereum aligned. Um, and, and they're okay with this uh, slight uh, degradation in, in performance and maybe security. After two years, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I think there, there is a possibility where let's say Monad or save v2 uh, goes live, gets a lot of traction become the de facto, uh, EVM layer one. At that point, maybe some of the Ethereum, uh, uh, dApps will migrate from Ethereum to say, or Monad, maybe one or two, uh, two years in in two years time. And at the same time, uh, people can still do rollups on top of, um, say a Monad. And here's, here's the thing that people don't understand, which is that they think modular. And monolithic, or or Solana and, and Ethereum are mutually exclusive. They think that it's incompatible. In reality, you can have a parallelized uh, high throughput Layer One with rollups on top of it. So maybe there is a path for the two visions to 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 merge. Um, two years from now, we'll see. I, I don't know what will happen, but it's a possibility.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you spoke about that kind of like combination vision, uh, which is a very unique perspective uh, to include both a bullish case for modular Ethereum uh, and monolithic Solana. Now, the one and I think Andy's all caught up uh, to this point. So, like the one thing kind of like new new ground that we haven't quite covered yet is Cosmos. Where does Co- like Cosmos is modular architecture? Where does it fit in to this? To this kind of like this space, essentially between, yeah. yeah.
0: I'll give you a. Uh, I'll give you first a, an abstract uh, explanation of Cosmos versus Ethereum, but then I'll give you some pragmatic ones. The abstract uh, difference between Cosmos and Ethereum is that Cosmos you can think of it as horizontal modularity, whereas Ethereum is a vertical modularity. Meaning in Ethereum, um, you unbundle. The three or four parts of the stack, meaning settlement, DA, execution, right? Uh, but in Cosmos, you go horizontal. Instead of uh, un- unbundling the stack, you just scale by adding more chains, because every Cosmos chain, every Cosmos zone is a new chain, right? Um, so Cosmos is horizontal modularism. Um, that's the abstract theoretical distinction uh which one is better i have no idea to be honest i mean you can make arguments on both sides but empirically what's happening today is on cosmos cosmos is finding a a niche uh pmf in uh you know middle layer or uh infra products right like celestia is built on top of cosmos is using the cosmos sdk um by the way, a lot of people don't know, but Polygon is using parts of the Cosmos SDK. They're using the Tendermint. Uh, the, the Polygon POS is using Tendermint consensus. Um, there's also projects like, um, what's that bridge again? Uh, I can't, can't remember the name. There is a bridge that's built on top of Cosmos. Wormhole launched W, or they announced W. Oh, uh, with- uh, it's not- no it's not a wormhole uh ibc, IBC it's... Axelor or, or uh... mm. Axelor, yeah axelar is is built is built on top of cosmos sdk um lava which is a decentralized rpc uh, Save you one is
2: built using cosmos barrier chain is
0: Bare chain, yeah so you can see you can now see a, a pretty uh uh, a, a common denominator across these uh, projects, which is that they're all infra infra projects. The yep. only app project I can think of is DYDX. Uh, that's on Cosmos, but most apps that are launching their own chain, their app chain, are on Ethereum.
1: Right. Um, and and yeah, Ethereum. And- Cosmos are starting to converge. Like you mentioned, Validiums and Optimiums are now a combination of Ethereum technology and Cosmos technology. So you kind of get the best of both worlds in a sense with the modular architecture because you get the Ethereum affinity, the composability with the community and the ideological alignment. And then you also get cheaper fees, right? Which is possible with uh, like the modular architecture and alternative DA. So you don't get like the cheapest fees, right? Which is which is the argument for Solana and and why speculation is starting to really really like thrive there. Um, like a lot of this argument has been like for making the best like environment for speculation. Meanwhile, Tron is over there winning the other end of the barbell. Like, do you think you think one end of the barbell is going to choose? like one end of the infrastructure and and the other end choose the other end or do you think ultimately these these tend to yeah. converge so so uh,
0: i think it's going to converge ultimately uh, again there's a there is a path dependency argument in here which is that tron actually launched uh very early in the 2017 2018 era in an era where other evms weren't production ready uh, like the cheaper evms weren't production ready and Tron launched first. For some reason, they decided to, to go payment, which, by the way, really speaks to how prescient uh, His Excellency uh, Justin Sun is. Um, uh, what a guy. Um, but uh, the, where the path depend- dependency lies is that um, they, they launched the USDT before everyone else, and they got support of Binance. Binance was a huge distribution channel for Tron in emerging markets, because in that period, Coinbase was focusing on the U S still is today. Um, relatively speaking, but Binance won the rest of the world in the 2017, 2018 ICO era, uh, because they're like more wild west YOLO kind of exchange. Um, so they, they were a, a massive, distribution channel for Tron USdT I think that was that was ultimately the reason why Tron USdt became the standard today in a parallel universe if things happened in a different order things would have been different um and that, that's the path dependency argument but I think in two years time if Solana can t- continues to be really cheap um which I, I think Solana is cheaper than Tron um, and if the Solana Foundation the team focuses on payment, I can see Solana taking over the the role of, uh, you know, worldwide stablecoin chain. From Tron, I can see that. Happen. I'm not predicting
2: it, but I can see that happen. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I was telling a guy. Uh earlier that um boy somebody knew is much easier to go into much easier to to bring them into NFTs on, on Solana or you can just defile Solana, um instance than then some of these rollups that are just a little bit more complicated, a little bit more expensive but not as Um and this guy just kind of like a theory bad he's kind of mind blown and I was like, yeah man, I know we think things things have changed a bit. Um but it's it's uh I don't know. Uh, this the the barbell body is a good one with regards to where people will go, and I think generally it it's, it converges into the best, you know, the best tech. But it it, it also just feels like there's so many roll-ups being built. um People are still building L1s and and different chains, and like this, we're in this era of like abundant op space. But if we're if we're predicting convergence, we're either predicting like a couple of winners or like some sort of chain abstraction where you almost don't even know where you are within this blockchain landscape um yeah dude, i'm curious your thoughts about this, this this block space infra new chains every week every day kind of situation like are you getting a lot on the, on the market roll up something like hey we're raising like, how do you think about the, the private market about these things too like maybe we just start on this yeah
0: Look, the, the other day, there was a really funny tweet that uh, uh, investors are pushing their, their uh, portfolio companies that are building apps that can't find product market fit to uh, rebrand as a layer two. Uh, it, it's, it's funny, but there's actually some truth to it. Uh, there's truth to it because the moment you rebrand as a layer two, you're just going to get an infinite bid from the market because the market will now, uh, price you against other layer twos. Um, so look, I mean, there's going to be a proliferation, proliferate, continued proliferation of layer twos in the coming years, uh, at the equilibrium. I don't know what, when the, the equilibrium is maybe five, 10 years at the equilibrium, I think there, there's going to be a handful of generic layer twos like Arbitrum, optimism, polygon. But not too many, maybe a handful, maybe five. I don't know what the number is, but maybe five, plus a very large number of app chain rollups. So rollups that are dedicated to a particular app, such as Avo, right? Um, I think that's that's what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, and so on the on the private market side now, like how do you kind of? I don't know how much early stage investing your alliance have done and. And maybe it's fifth, but but I feel like the deals were so good in Q2 2023, Q3, Q4. Now I'm starting to get a lot of shit on my in in Telegram. But I'm mean, curious how you're thinking about balancing your like private portfolio in you know these types of infra plays or roll ups or new chains with like okay, well let's take advantage of the activity in the liquid market, airdrops, these types of things. Like I'm just curious how you're thinking about your Liquidity and also about like the froth in the private markets and value yeah. add and things and so
0: I do public markets on my PA and the private market with Alliance. Um, so just put that out there. Um, so at Alliance, we ex- exclusively focus on private early stage first check-in supporting startups from the beginning when no one believes in them. Sometimes when the founders don't believe in, in themselves yet. Um, so that's what we do. Um, uh, I would say that, uh, in general, um, last year was a great year for venture investing because the, the valuations were so bad, so low last year, everyone was, um, bearish, by the way, VCs, the, the average VC is to me, they are no more sophisticated than average retail.
2: Um, well, they should be worse <laughs> than that, they are. No, they are they lower to put qu- the 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 of their bias. They're
0: they're they're fearful in the bear and and greedy in the bull. And that's what, what's happening right now in both liquid markets and and uh, and venture market. So uh, VCs are are uh, are now getting really bullish, feeling FOMO, running a lot of checks. Um, but at valuations that in many cases don't make sense to me already. I mean, like the public market hasn't even made all time high yet. And so I'm really surprised that some of these deals are, are getting done at like such high valuations. But the nice thing about what we do is we have standard deals where first check in, we believe in founders before anyone else do. And uh, we often have no competition because no one believes in them. So, so our, The structure of our program um, basically self-selects into the most contrarian deals. So we're able to invest some really great
2: founders uh, at at, a fair valuation. No, what you say is a, is a overpriced valuation in today's term for an infra project like 200 million FDVs, 300 million, 500, a hundred or less or more. I mean, it's project dependent, but like you know, let's say you're run of the mill DA layer, you're run of the mill L two, you're run of the mill, you know. Give an example, but prefer to just. I'm just curious and what, like, because I know in 23, you know, it was all between 10 and 50 million for pretty much every project, no matter what it was. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's some. I mean,
0: right now, pre-product infra projects. Um, you know, I've seen anywhere between hundred mil to one bill, Yeah,
2: pre-product. Yeah, nice. pre-product. Yeah. So do you, what is your thesis? Is your, are you like, I know there's this big sway between crypto, uh, basically investing in front and, and stay and kind of disregard it because of like, you know, intermix the money is basically the. That's like the mantra in in crypto. So, like, what is your thesis with alliance in the early stage, and then yeah. you need to talk a bit more about kind of what you're up to, or can I at least some of your thoughts on some of this modular stuff in the liquid market as well?
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll do we'll do infra projects if valuation is fair, but most of them now are are not. Um, and, and this is a really annoying phenomenon to me. I mean. A lot of these infra projects will make a lot of money for VCs, but uh, there is there is a massive overinvestment into infra for the last few years, and I think it's net net negative to our space, to be honest. But there is a huge incentive for everyone to play this game because infra projects get the most mind share, because you can dream big about infra projects. There is no limitation as to how evaluation. much. It's speculation retail will will find all sorts of narrative to pump their bag they will talk about it there will be a lot of drama the various infra products have nemesis and there's just continued drama and and you know hype between them and so exchanges knowing this they will list infra products they prefer to list infra products because they get a lot of story and therefore a lot of speculation, a lot, therefore a lot of volume and therefore a lot of revenue for the exchanges. And if exchanges list them, then valuations will go up. That's why infra products can command much higher valuation than app products. And as a result, VCs will prefer to invest in infra versus apps. It's, it's a vicious, I mean, you can call it virtuous, but or vicious circle. How, depending on how you view it but it's a it's a self-reinforcing circle and everyone has so much incentive to play this game and that's why ultimately infra gets over invested and, and i think it isn't it's bad for the for the industry
1: yeah is it like holding us back in a sense like it's like keeping us early because we keep investing in like collectively we keep investing in infra which doesn't it keeps the dream it just keeps like postponing the like this killer app a little bit later down the road because they don't get as much
2: funding as the infra that it's built on. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other side of the coin would be like, well, you, you couldn't have built a killer app without Privy. And somebody funded Privy in, as an infra project back in the day, yada, yada. But like ultimately, yeah, I mean, yeah, you get a gaming deal of, I got sent this, this pitch for horse racing game. I was like, dude, like I just like there's no there's no way that you can like think about this logically from like an early stage perspective compared to something like I don't know any of the projects that you had mentioned in Cosmos. It's just like there's it's so tough to see the value through there. And a lot of that infrastructure stuff is like B2B. So, so- um I don't want to get too deep in the private markets. I don't think too many people uh, I mean people can't. Chow, is
1: the is the thesis necessarily contrarian? You mentioned like the the thesis on the, on the on the alliance side is like you know investing in projects first check when even the founders don't believe in themselves, and like you know you tweet that you're going to launch an infra project, all of a sudden everyone believes in you. All of the VCs are you know throwing money at you. So like, is it necessarily contrarian? Is it is it necessarily like early? Is that kind of like the the differentiator? What is it? Like the fact, like like <laughs> an app an, an application that's raising is going to be like contrarian to like the rest of the market when everyone's doing infra. So mm-hmm. the idea is like to kind of like position, um, exposure in places that the rest of the market is really looking at, you would look at the applications. Is that yeah. the main focus? Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily
0: contrarian. It's just, uh, again, we'll do infra if, if valuation is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll do whatever, but uh, we we tend to
2: shy away from uh, more hyped up sectors. Yeah, cool. Um, I would ask you directly if you're staking your TIA for airdrops, but we'll just leave that for another day. Um, I I will ask you in, in, in a way which is I have a thesis that we're doing this shorter cycle, so we're doing these like speculative bursts rather than these four year cycles. This is due to market maturation. It's due to uh, again a kind of a contrary perspective with regards to everybody thinks that we're we're in a two year bear bull followed by a two year bear. I kind of have this thesis that it's possible that Bitcoin could absolutely just rip to all time highs in like the in like the coming weeks to months, um, and we can see actually a cycle at like, quote unquote top um, on, on like majors sooner than people expect. Um, you know, this is all very short-term speculation, but this would this would be something aligned. This idea of shorter cycles. Like, I, I, I'm curious where do you think we are in this cycle? I know this is no. our third cycle, so you're you're also trading mean coins and doing the highest TAs. Or no. so you're already past the third cycle, which is where we are. Which your tweet was very applicable to me this time around. Of like last time, I was like, no, no mean coins. This time, I'm like, right, like it's gonna, suck, it's 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 gonna happen. Yeah, fox got to go to the moon, so like somebody's got to buy it. Uh, but yeah, where are we in the cycle? What?
0: Yeah, no, look, look, I, I don't necessarily think it we're we're in the shorter cycles or longer cycles forever, but I think we're in the longer in a four year cycle regime, and I think people are still stuck in that four year cycle regime mindset, and I think that the the sooner they get out get out of that mindset, the the better they are, that the better off they are, because right now they have so much PTSD, they think the market has to go down to 30k because you know that's what happened in the last cycle. Uh, you shouldn't use last cycle as one data point. The, the one data point to to uh to predict what's going to happen this cycle, you have to look at the the prevalent circumstances. This cycle in particular is my base case. I don't again, I don't know, but my base case is that it is in fact a shorter cycle and it was uh arguably uh, pushed forward by the Bitcoin ETF, well, not arguably, it's certainly pushed forward by the, objectively pushed forward by the Bitcoin ETF. I would not be surprised that we see an all-time high by summer and then a top at the end of the year or maybe early next year, which would put this cycle six to 12 months ahead or shorter than the last one. And then the next cycle could be shorter or longer, but I think if it, if, if it turns out to be a four-year cycle, it's more of a coincidence um, than, than a continuation of the four-year regime. Uh, the, 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 the market has changed, right? Uh, uh, used to be the case that Bitcoin having had a pretty outsized impact, but now over time, having percentage goes down. So that should have less and less of an impact on the market anyway, uh, I have to jump. Great chatting with you guys.
2: Thank you for going on. Thanks for listening to the DeFi by Design podcast. And a big thank you to all of our sponsors for their support. Please check them out in the links below as well as on our website and in our newsletter. We'll be back with more exciting guests and insights. Until then, stay curious, stay informed and keep designing the future of DeFi.